Go with me to John chapter 5, would you? John chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 19 in just a moment. Before we get there, I want to remind you what we found last week in the text. We found last week here in these preceding verses leading up to verse 19 that these Jewish religious leaders had a problem with Jesus. And what did they have a problem with Jesus? He had healed on the Sabbath. Shame on Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. According to their rules, work on the Sabbath was not allowed. But that wasn't all they had trouble with. They had other problems with Jesus. They also had a problem with Jesus making himself equal with God. We saw it last time in verse 18 where it says this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. You see, their problem with Jesus was that he was challenging their authority. He had laid down a very clear challenge to their authority when he broke their Sabbath law. And this wasn't going to be the first time. The only time, this was the first time, this wasn't going to be the only time he broke their Sabbath law. He was going to do it many more times. It's like he really wanted them to understand this, this one thing especially. He was not only challenging their authority, he had laid down a very clear challenge to their authority though when he broke their Sabbath law and he angered them even more when in verse 17, this wasn't the only thing he did in challenging their authority. In verse 17, when he said that my father is working until now and I am working. That really angered them. Now, why did he say that? Well, he said it because he knew that they couldn't argue that God didn't work on the Sabbath. They could not argue that God didn't work on the the Sabbath. Listen, God doesn't take a day off. And they couldn't argue that he did. He continually does his divine work. That's a good thing, isn't it? Aren't you glad God doesn't take a day off? God doesn't take a day off. Could you imagine the chaos in this world if God just said, you know, I'm going to take... I'm just going to take a day off this week and quit doing things, you know, and quit quit running this universe with a thought, right? I'm just going to quit thinking today. What chaos would ensue if God did take a day off and they couldn't argue that he did? Now, Jesus knew they couldn't argue that, that God didn't do his work on the Sabbath, so he's He's correcting their thinking by making it clear, and here's what he's doing. He's making it clear just who they're talking to. He's telling them very clearly, it's almost as if he could have said, excuse me, excuse me, but do you realize you're speaking to God the Son? He didn't say that, but that is exactly how they took it. They took what he did say and gathered just that. When he said that he and the Father were working. 
Now, what's going on here is that Jesus wasn't interested in having them merely mad at him for breaking their Sabbath rules. Look, if you're going to be mad at me, you ought to be mad at me for a very good reason. And he knew just which buttons to push, right? (laughs) Listen, when you read the Gospels, you'll learn that he, he broke the Sabbath many times. He kind of rubbed that in their faces many times. But if they were going to be sideways with him, he really wanted them to be angry with him over something important. Like this. Making himself equal with God. And that was far more, a far more important reason for them to oppose him. So, so what we see in the following verses is Jesus making very clear his authority. They were upset with him because they, he was challenging their authority. And then he proceeds in these verses that we're going to read now to make very clear why he He can challenge their authority. So let's look together at John chapter 5, and beginning in verse 19, and I'll read through verse 29. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing, and greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me, believes him who sent me, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And verse 25 again, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment, because He is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, as I read those verses, you may have noticed the three times in those verses where Jesus says, truly, truly. Did you see that? Truly, truly, he says three times. Each time, each time Jesus is making a point and each one prepares for the next point. Look at verse 19 again. Jesus says to them, verse 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Now that is a powerful statement. That's a powerful statement that Jesus just made. Note that the Son is not independent of the Father. 
He's not separate from the Father. He's not independent. God the Son does nothing independent of God the Father. Yes, Jesus is God in human flesh, but he is always submissive to the Father's will. And what he sees the Father doing, what does he do? He does what he sees the Father doing, right? In verse 20, Jesus gives more detail about this unique and this very personal relationship the Son has with the Father. Look at verse 20 again. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. Here's the idea in verse 20. Do you want to know what God is like? And who doesn't want to know what God is like? You want to know what God is like? Watch Jesus. <laughs> Watch Jesus. Right? And Because that's what Jesus is saying. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. You want to know what God is like? Watch Jesus. Figure out what Jesus is doing. That's what God is like. And by watching Jesus, I want you to know something here in this text. There are two things we discover. We discover two ways in which the way God works is revealed. There are two ways that God works, and they're revealed in the way Jesus does his work. Note that Jesus is making it very clear here that he is not under the authority of these Jewish religious leaders. And how does God work? Well, first, we know that only God can give life, right? Would you, would you agree with that? That only God can give life. Only God can give life. And Jesus says here that he gives life. Jesus gives life. But wait a minute. We just said that only God can give life. Correct. Right? Verse 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. Just in case they didn't understand that He was indeed calling Himself God incarnate, God in human flesh, He makes it very clear here, doesn't He? Listen, Jesus has the authority to be and is the giver of life. That makes Him equal with God. Jesus is the one, as he says in John 10.10, that came that we may have life and have it, how? Abundantly, or, or to the full, right? But Jesus doesn't stop there. The second thing we see is that Jesus says he also has the authority to judge. Look at verse 22. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to who? The Son. Now, back in the Old Testament, back in Deuteronomy, in chapter 1 and verse 17, we learn something interesting. We learn that, that judgment is God's. Judgment is all God's. And here we learn that this, judge, this, this authority to judge and this judgment, which is exclusively God's, mind you, is in the hands of Jesus. Again. Again, he tells them. Again, he's making it very clear to them. Jesus is telling them he is God in human flesh. You have a problem with me healing on the Sabbath. I'll tell you what. The Father's working and I'm working. And this is my work. 
And just in case you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you, I want you to know who you're talking to. Jesus makes it very clear for them, and he makes it very clear for us. So how is God's work shown in Jesus? Well, it's seen in the fact that Jesus has the authority to give life and the authority to judge. And because of this, Jesus is due the same honor that's due God. Jesus is due the same honor that's due the Father. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 says that all may honor who? The Son. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Now, what do you suppose that it means to honor the Son? Just think about it. What, is it. what does it mean to honor the Son? Jesus explains. And here's the second time Jesus says, truly, truly. And it's as if he's saying, this is important. Listen very carefully. Whenever he says this, truly, truly. Truly, truly, verse 24, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So what is it to honor the Son? I would suggest that to honor the Son is to hear His Word and believe God about the Son. To hear His Word and believe God is to honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. And Jesus makes very clear why this kind of giving of honor to the Son is so important. Why is it so important to believe in in Jesus Christ? Why is it so important to hear the word of Jesus Christ and believe God's testimony about the Son? Here's why. I want you to look at verses 25 and following again with me. And listen very carefully and think about why it's so important to honor the Son as exemplified here in these verses. Verse 25, again, truly, truly, I say to you. In other words, this is very important. An hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about salvation. He's talking about those who are dead spiritually, and that's all of us before Christ. And the dead, the the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. The hour is here, is coming and is now here, he says. Why? Because there are people believing. And those who hear will live. Verse 26, For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. Jesus is the giver of life, right? We saw it earlier. He has the authority to give life. He's the giver of life. Verse 27, And He has given Him authority to execute judgment. Jesus has authority to judge. Why? Verse 27, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. What's that talking about? There's a day of judgment. That's connected to the fact that Jesus has the authority to judge. 
And so there's going to be an hour when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice in verse 29 and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, be very careful here when you see there those who have who have done good don't confuse those who have done good with being a good person okay right there's a difference and and i want you to see this and, and understand this is not talking about people who are good people as in oh they're they're just good people they're they're just really good people they're you're you're really going to like them they're just really genuine and down to earth and and just really solid the other kind of people really good people there are a lot of people like that in this world right By worldly terms, there are a lot of good people who do good things. But this is not what this is talking about. This is not what Jesus had in mind. There are a lot of people who are good by the world's standards, but this is about those who have heard Jesus' word and believed. That's the good that Jesus is talking about here. Those who have done good are those people who have heard Jesus and believed. Those who have heard Jesus, heard His Word, and repented of sin and trusted in Him, that's that's the people who have done good in God's eyes. They do not come into judgment, but pass from death to life. They They come out to the resurrection of life. And they come out to the resurrection of eternal life. But, and listen carefully, those who have done evil, and this is not just talking about people we would say, oh, those are bad people. Uh, There's a good person, but that's a bad person. That's not what we're talking about here. Those who who have done evil, this is those who do not believe. You see how important it is to to hear? And believe. You see how important it is to preach the gospel, to preach God's word, so that people will hear, that they may have an opportunity to believe. You know, you see how important it is to share the gospel with the way that you live your life and and every opportunity you have to speak the truth of the gospel to unbelievers, to tell them about Jesus Christ. Do you know who Jesus is? is a tremendous opportunity to tell people about the fact that Jesus is the giver of life and to explain to them how he's given you life and how they can have life. Because those who have done evil, that's those who have heard and don't believe. They don't see eternal life. They go to the resurrection of judgment. And Jesus makes it crystal clear here that there are two eternities in view for every person on earth. For every person on earth, there are two eternities in view. And you will see one of those eternities. And in each of those eternal views, he is carrying out the will of the Father. There's an eternity unto death, right? Eternal punishment, eternal separation from God, where 
Well, guess who's the judge there? Where Jesus is judge. There was a day Jesus came as a humble babe and came as a suffering servant. But in the end, he'll return as judge. And there's that eternity unto death, eternal punishment and separation from God where Jesus is judge. And then there's an eternity unto eternal life. And that begins, you realize this, that, that your eternal life begins the moment you believe in Jesus Christ. You realize that? We're not waiting for eternal life. <laughs> eternal life is yours if you're his. Eternal life is yours the moment you believe. And there's that eternal perspective, that eternity view, and eternity unto eternal life that began the moment you confessed you were a sinner and believed in Jesus. Ultimately, your eternal destiny has nothing to do with how well you've behaved. You know? That's what Jesus was making very clear to these religious leaders who were challenging them that how dare you break our Sabbath laws. And Jesus pitied them and their Sabbath laws and made it very clear for them who he was so that they might have an opportunity to believe or reject him. Because ultimately, their eternal destiny had nothing to do with their rule keeping. Especially their religious rule keeping. You see, God's not impressed with religious rule keeping, is he? Jesus certainly exemplifies the disgust that God has with, with those who make religious rules and say, you practice these rules, you'll be okay. You know, the don't smoke, the don't chew, the don't go with girls who do kind of thing, right? It's easy to have those kinds of rules. It's easy to have, and sometimes it's easier to live if we just have a list of rules. Just give me the list of rules. I'd rather have the list of rules than try to read God's Word and let God's Holy Spirit work in my life. Right? I mean, do we ever catch ourselves thinking that? But God wants to do a work in us. And Jesus Christ came to give life and to give it abundantly. Because ultimately... Our eternal destiny has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not we've been good. It has nothing to do with being a good person. And certainly, certainly, when God saves you from your sin and redeems you from the pit and gives you eternal life, He expects you to be good. He saves you to be good. To be, I think a better term is to be obedient. You know what good works are? It's being obedient to God. Being obedient to His revealed will. Very clear in His Word. You see, your eternal destiny and mine have nothing to do even with being religious. There are a lot of religious people in this world who are sadly on their way to the eternity of judgment and separation from God who are very religious people. The religious leaders Jesus challenged with the truth are a very clear illustration of that. They were very, very religious people. 
they had many, 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 many rules and laws that they were governed by and they governed others with. And here were these Jewish religious leaders confronting, think about this, they're confronting the very giver of life and judge. And they're judging him according to their man-made rules. And they didn't have eternal life because they wouldn't believe his word nor believe in him. How critical it is to hear his word and believe. To hear Jesus speak in his word and believe the Father's testimony about the Son. Will you be just like them? Will you be just like them and, and, and reject him? And then face him? The one with authority to judge in the day of judgment? Will you be just like them? Or will you give Jesus the honor that's due him as God the Son and, and giver of life? And hear his word and believe and be saved for all eternity. That's our life giving, life changing message. And I'm here to tell you, follower of Christ, it has made you new. And you have been challenged afresh today in God's word to be those who also share this life with those who desperately need it. And sometimes it will require us, as it did Jesus, to be very, very clear about where folks are headed without faith in Christ. Sometimes it will take the tender touch of the healing at the pool of Bethesda where Jesus came to the man and approached him and didn't offer to take him to the water, but healed him. And then found him later and tried to emphasize what was most important, and that was that he go and sin no more. Sometimes it's coming alongside someone who's struggling in life to point them to the life-changing gospel. Sometimes it's going to require some boldness on our part to say, you're headed for hell and eternal separation from God and his, and his just judgment if you don't repent of your sin and believe in Him now. Follower of Christ, Christian, give Jesus the honor due His name and obey Him. Those are your good works. You do them after you're saved. You don't do them to gain approval from God. You do them because He's good. You do them to honor Him. You you take steps of obedience that you learn from His Word because you want to honor the life giver and judge. Unbeliever today? If you're one who has never believed in Jesus Christ, I challenge you. You are facing the most important decision 
of your eternal existence. What will you do with Jesus? Will you hear his word today and believe and be saved and forgiven your sin? I mean, right with God for all eternity? Or will you keep rejecting him? Those are your choices. Let's pray. Our precious, precious Heavenly Father, we bow before you now, thankful and grateful for the life giver who is Jesus Christ. The one that you've given authority to give life. The one you've also given authority to judge. God, how precious it is that Jesus Christ holds life in his hands and he gives it freely to those who repent of their sin and believe in him. And believe your testimony about him. So God, I pray for your children today that we would each be people who are eternally grateful and thank, thanks-filled and obedient until you call us home to then be like Christ and sinless. Lord, help us like, like the man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda who Jesus challenged to go and, and turn from his sinful ways. Help us to turn from our sinful ways because of Christ, because he is the life giver. And God, I pray for the, those this morning who, who may have never trusted, who have never put their faith in you, Lord, never repented of their sin and believed in Jesus Christ. God, help them to see your Son, to believe his word, and to be saved. That they too might experience eternal life. That they might experience justification through Jesus Christ, his shed blood, the forgiveness of sins the power to go and be done with sin. God, I pray, draw draw us each to Yourself today. Challenge us each afresh today with this wonderful news that Jesus is life giver and this challenging news that Jesus is also judge. And God, help us as Your people to share the good news and the sobering news with unbelievers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.